the mm -hmm. old Brenner, the old flesh in me. I I, there are many things that I could do that aren't good. So I got to guard him. I got to guard this man. And I have to feed the spirit man that is new in me because we have this Holy Spirit in us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me today is my new brother in Christ, independent artist, rapper, pastor, my brother Breno from Michigan. How are you doing, sir? Yo, I'm doing great, man. How about you? I can't complain, man. I can't complain. I'm man, excited to have great. you on here now. It's great to be here. I'm really excited, bro. Listen, if you have not played Tap In on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, put it on repeat and fell asleep to it, you're missing out because that <laughs> song is fire. It is fire. It is on Man, repeat on my playlist it. every day. Hey, every let's day. go. Let's go. Tap in. Look, I got half the West Park YMCA listening to it, and they don't even know they bumping Jesus music as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that song is money. Man, how's everything going? How's the family? How's your day? It's going great, man. I'm here in my office at the church. I just saw my wife. She's doing great. Family's doing great, man. Can't complain. The sun is out for all my northerners, for people in the Midwest. When the sun's out in March, you rejoice. Yes. And don't take it for granted. <laughs> yes, you do, because you could have a hailstorm in 20 minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's literally 20 minutes, less than an hour, all four seasons in one hour. Bro, Cleveland is crazy, so I feel you. Let's let's go ahead and get right into it, man. I just thank you again for doing the show, but I wanted to just yeah, man. get an audience a chance just to get to know you. So where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Yeah, so I'm originally from Brazil. Wow. I was born in I was yeah, I was born in Brazil. And when I was eight months old, we left Brazil. God called my parents to leave Brazil and come to the United States. And we moved originally first, we moved to Elkar, Indiana. It's a small town in Indiana, just out of South Bend. And we lived there for a little bit. But then I'm going to get it wrong. When I was like three or four, we moved to Michigan, where I'm currently living. I was raised in Sturgis, Michigan. And now I live in Centerville, Michigan with my wife, where we help help lead a church here in Centerville. So, yeah, that's where I'm from, man. Michigan, Midwest. There you go. There you go. We can put, for the sake of this interview, we're going to put that whole Michigan-Ohio rivalry to the side, and we just going to stand oh, as brothers in yep. Christ. We ain't yep. going to do that. We ain't going to do good. that. It's all good. It's all good. I wasn't <laughs> going to bring it up, but I know, wasn't... God, God told me to pray, pray for my enemies, so bless <laughs> those who persecute you. Bro, and I ain't even going to lie, bro. It's just as bad, low-key, but we love, we actually Notre Dame fans, me and my Oh, family. wow. Yup. So it's just as bad. But I feel you, though, low-key on the, Again, like the hatred towards Michigan. So through the years, I have more love for Michigan because I'm from Michigan. Yeah. But the hatred for Ohio is all the same. It's all the same. It's crazy because, yeah, it, when I travel a lot for work, so it's, and I go to a lot of the states in the South and uh -huh. they are not feeling Ohio State in Texas, Oklahoma, Florida. <laughs> I'm talking like, talking, I'm looking over my shoulder going back to the airport like, man, y'all yep. really mad about this college football scene. Like, man, it'd be like that, bro. But nah, man, you my brother in Christ, so we can we can fellowship today. Amen. We can Amen. Fellowship today. <laughs> so let's talk about that a little. So were you always following Christ? Were you always a Christian? What was that like for you? Yep. So, like I said, it was the Lord that called my parents to the states. So I was born in a Christian home. My parents, when they met back in Brazil, because they're both Brazilian, when they met in Brazil, they were leading worship. 
and they got married. They were leading worship together in the same church, and then I was born. So I was always a part of a church, worship, and then they felt the calling to the States when I was eight months old, because my mom, she's actually part American too, so we had some family here, and when we got here to the States, after a couple of years, the church that I'm now a part of, the fam, it, they just started. So it was like a brand new church in the community. And my dad was just like, man, we got to be a part of this church. So growing up, bro, I was that church kid, man. I was at church four times a week. We were the first ones to get to church, first ones to leave or last ones to leave. So that was just my life growing up. But I would say when it really became like personal for me, like, all right, I'm going to build a faith of my own, not just my parents' faith, but I'm actually going to have a relationship with Jesus on my own was probably when I was around 16. I went to men's retreat, the same men's retreat that we had last weekend, which was awesome. Men's retreat at 16. And that's where like God really just grabbed a hold of my heart. Because growing up, like when you're surrounded by it, you hear all the sermons and my parents taught me well, right? They taught me how to be a well-rounded kid, to do the right thing, right? To have integrity. That was planted in me very young. I'm so grateful for it. But then like really diving into the Lord on my own is probably around 16. Just, But then I still have my issues and my struggles that we can get into later. But then I really feel like I surrendered everything when I was about 19, when I went to college. But yeah, I've been blessed, bro. I've been super blessed just to be born into a family that fears the Lord and is passionate about the church and about walking with Jesus. And I'm excited just to continue that, just that family blessing that, that my parents let, had me be a part of. Yeah. So for anybody who also may not know, then based off that, where did your, when did your love for music start to come into play and start to factor into that? Man, it was always there, man. Cause like I said, my parents were worship leaders. Right. They, My parents, they're both musicians and bro, we would always have music blaring in the house from the time I could remember music was always a thing. I like, I have vivid like memories when I'm like five, six years old and my dad just in the living room playing the guitar. And I'm just there, just like tapping the guitar, tapping the, the pillow. And my first love for music came with the drums. As my parents being part of a church, small church that was birthed out super, super early, small church, not a lot of people. And and church people may understand this, this thing called being voluntold. <laughs> You're not volunteering, but you've been voluntold. And being a worship leader's kid, that was my life, bro. When I was eight years old, we were having a get together with some people on the worship team and there was a drum set there. And my dad was like, Hey, come here. I want to teach you this beat real quick. So he taught me this super simple beat and I got it right away. And then my dad was like, awesome. You're going to play drums this Sunday. And I was like, okay. Wow. That's scary, but okay. Eight years old, bro. I joined the worship team. So just stepping into the worship team, being violently told by my dad, um, I just, I fell in love with it. Like I fell in love with the drums and my dad noticed that there was just this gift of music that wasn't normal. And I don't say it out of a prideful place, but right. just like when somebody's gifted in something, you can just tell like, wow, God gifted that person. And my parents saw that super young for me with the drums. So it was something that I fell in love with. My dad bought me my first drum set when I was like nine, 10 years old. So I played drums every day, just playing the drums and I'd be on the worship team. So I'd be, I was playing drums every week and I'm just learning as I go. So 
that that love for music while I was there, bro. And then when I was like 13, I learned the piano. So just it was we're just a musical family. And then even my sister, she's four years younger than me, but she was voluntold when she was 11 to start playing the bass at church. And it was the same thing. We didn't have a bass player. So my dad's like, here, learn a G, C, D, and E. You're going to play on Sunday. Now, what's super cool, full circle, is my wife, when I met her, she was leading worship at her home church when I met her. And so she leads worship. She sings. So like this past Sunday morning, my dad was on guitar. my, My mom was singing. My wife was singing. And I was on the drums. And my sister, who's now in college, when she's home, she's on the bass. Music is just in our blood, bro. It's crazy. That's a family affair for real. That's Yeah. You know what? So I'm going to ask you this. I was going to bring this up later, but now I'm curious because you've touched on it. So how important would you say it's been that you've been plugged into the church this entire time? You remain plugged in to the local church. And then like we've all, we all have our struggles, right? No matter when we've given our life to Christ, like some things may fall off right away. Some things may take time for the Lord to just work on and work out. How important has that been for you to stay plugged in, stay connected, and just stay around the community believers? It's been life-changing. Like, the local church saved my life, bro. Period. Like, it. looking back, I didn't even realize it as a time growing up, but it's always been such a life source. It was always been so life-giving because it is a group of people who love you, not based on what you can do or what they can get in return but simply because y'all are chasing Jesus together. So this group of imperfect people, when it's a healthy church, this I'm talking right. about a healthy church. I feel you. In, yep, imperfect people coming together and saying, you're messed up, I'm messed up. Let's chase Jesus messed up together and let's grow in him and walk together. And I've I feel super blessed, bro, because knowing my home church, I've been able to, like when I was in college, I went to college in New York, in New York, So I've seen a lot of different churches and it was so different than what I had at home because it's an elder run church and I'm not hating on any other type of government that a church does, but I've seen such the beauty in an elder led church. And I believe that it should be happening more because you have a group of men and their wives leading this body together. So there's a lot, there's a lot, I grew up with multiple men of God who wanted to disciple me. So through the week, bro, I was surrounded by leaders. So in a way, even if I wanted to go and go, go and go crazy, I, that I didn't have, I couldn't find a way to do it because I was just surrounded so much with great leaders in my life that we were walking in accountability before I even knew what accountability meant. So I know that I've been super blessed and I know not a lot of people Many people don't have that same church experience, which is heartbreaking, right. but I was very blessed to be a part of a healthy local church that believed in discipling young people. So when I was eight, nine, 10 years old, like I'm seeing with my own eyes, like real authentic believers who would invite the young people in the service to help lead worship. Like I was on the worship team. It wasn't like oh, once you're this age, we're going to let you play on Sunday mornings. I was already playing on Sunday mornings when I was nine, 10 years old. So I was able to see with my own eyes, just the move of the spirit, the move of God in worship, the word of God being preached. Yeah, man, the local church is, it was, 
I didn't realize it growing up how powerful it impacted my life for sure. I would tell you just some overlap in our testimony. The local church definitely saved my life without a doubt to a point where there was a point where I was going to take my own life. And I'm grateful that in the very moment that I was getting ready to do that, one of the pastors from my church actually had reached out to me and called me Wow! Like in the moment of me getting ready to actually take my own life. So not only is the local church saved my life, you said something really good was the, to make disciples who make disciples. Yep. And there's no age on that. That's why yep. in our kids' church, for example, we're teaching them about Jesus. You know what I mean? They're not just sitting mm -hmm. down there watching Facts. cartoons or quote unquote being babysat. That's not yeah. happening. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're getting a message they can that can be life-giving to them. Yeah. So I love what you said about that disciple making piece. We at New Life Church, we literally just because I I oversee all of our outreach efforts there. And we have just completely revamped our outreach to where we are 100% going after the souls. Like it is the great commission all the way, mm. but that's only a part of it. <laughs> that's only yeah. a piece of it yep. because Fact. once they come through the door, then what? So yep, we are now follow up. Exactly. So we've mm -hmm. now, we are now systematically putting things in place so we can get them plugged in with more seasoned believers, get them plugged into connect groups, get them plugged into ministries to make sure they don't come the front door and then walk right out the back door. Facts. Yep. Oh. Because that, that follow-up is key, man, because like you even you even see in scripture that Jesus just didn't preach the gospel to to John, to Peter, and he just kept going. He said, follow me. So it's a journey that we all hop on where where discipleship making needs to happen. And the best way discipleship making is like you said it perfectly, make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That's how the church grows. So as I'm being discipled. There should come in a point in my life where I am naturally discipling right. somebody who will one day disciple others. So as I'm receiving wisdom and guidance in my life from an older, more seasoned believer, what I receive, I'm going to be, I'm going to make myself available for somebody who's under me, who looks up to me to be like, Hey, this is how you should live. And they should carry out in a way where one day they're going to be doing the same thing to the person below them. So it's key. It's key. And we're all, we're really huge about discipleship in our home church as well. Our senior pastor does a, a, an excellent job with discipleship. So it's it's important. Jesus didn't tell them to wash feet. He showed them how. <laughs> Facts. Like, yep. When he told, and I'll back up, he didn't just say wash feet. He showed them how. So the leader, yep. the leader set the tone. The leader went first. Yep. This is how you lead because you're going to serve and you're going to serve from this position. The more and more people I quote unquote lead, that means the more and more people I serve. That's it. It's yep. not a position of authority and power. This has to be looked at as this is God's kingdom and this is the role that he has stewarded me. He's entrusted to me to steward. And how am I supposed to go? And how do you want me to go about doing that? Yep. I'm going to serve and I'm going to show you how to serve. And I hope you show someone else how to serve. Yep. Exactly, bro. 100%. And thing is, like, when you're raising up, especially young people, like, I see, like, for example, during our worship services, people are very active. We have people going to the altar, people praying for people at the altar, right? And one day, I started seeing the high schoolers, they started going and praying for people at the altar. I never, we never said, hey, Go pray for somebody when you see somebody there. This is how you go and pray for somebody at the altar. They saw us do it. 
So they simply went ahead and did it. What you were saying, their disciples will naturally follow a leader that goes and does it first. You know, it's funny you said this was maybe back in 2014, 2015. One of the pastors at New Life Church, and I was much newer in the Lord at that point. Service ends. I think he might have just got done praying or preaching. He was getting ready to leave. A guy stopped him on the way out the door. He said, hey, can you pray for my brother? He's not really feeling well. He's not. He's having a rough time right now. I must. He was sick with something. He said, so when you go to your prayer closet tonight, if you can just pray for him, I'd really appreciate it. The pastor at the church at that time, he stopped right there and he said, let's pray right now. And I was at a distance and I just watched this happen. I'm like, this guy asked for prayer later. And he said, let's stop and do this right now. No one told me to do, but now when people are like, Hey, can you pray for X, Y, Z for me? I stop what I'm doing. Let's pray right now because yeah. I may not make it home to pray or let's, I know that's an extreme example, but, or I just may forget. Which happens all the time. It happens right. all the time. And it's not to say their problem isn't important. It's just by the time you get yep. to the car, you might forget. So it's no, yep. let's just press into the spirit right here. Now while we're here, there's mm -hmm. two or more gathered. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Yep. I love it. No, I appreciate that. So you said that obviously, so you're, would you find it hard to still serve God when you were in college, like at age 19? Was that difficult for you at that point? For me, it was a different situation because I actually last minute, I decided to go to Bible college. Mm. So there, when I was like eight, yeah, I was 17, 18, God just opened this door for this opportunity for me to go to this Bible college. And at the time I was actually going to go to a university and play on the marching band. That was my plan. I'm going to be a music teacher. I'm going to be in the marching band. And I still go to church and stuff. But some, God really did something in my heart like the summer before. It was time to decide. I ended up just packing everything and heading out to New York, Rochester, New York, upstate, for uh, to go to Bible college. I was, be, I was able to be a part of a godly community on campus. But I still had to... It was... There was the challenge of getting plugged in to a local church because what my dad said was, hey, whatever you do, I want to challenge you to plug yourself into a local church outside of what you're doing on campus to still stay plugged in. And I wanted to honor his words. It was tough, bro, because even in Bible college, there were those who they didn't go to church, which was Low-key, was goofy to me. Like, how are you going to Bible college and not going to church? But but being in college, there's not that. Uh, no one's really keeping you accountable in different areas. That was the first time I had to take ownership as a young man. All right, I'm going to do this because I know it's good for me, not because my parents said so. So I made the effort when I got to college, like, I'm going to find a local church and I'm going to serve. Because my dad told me, because I was telling him, like, like, I was thinking, like, man, when I go to college, I'm not going to serve in a local church just because I'm going to be so busy with, I'm going to be so busy with college. But then my dad's, you're never going to stop being busy till you die or Jesus comes back. You know what I mean? So I just made a commitment in my heart to the Lord that like, once I get out there, I'm going to find a local church and I'm going to, I'm going to get plugged in. I'm going to serve in whatever way I can. So having that commitment prior to moving out there really helped me because I was still able to get plugged in and submit myself to a pastor for a season while I was out there. But I will say, though, it was tough, like not having my spiritual fathers, not having my dad. I could tell a huge difference for sure. 
But as God always does, like you said, we're one body, we're one bride. So I was blessed to about the second and third last two years of Bible college. I was able to really find some like spiritual fathers that I looked up to while living in New York, which helped a lot. So talk to me a little bit about how you got involved with the music scene, because honestly, like right now, you are one of my favorite artists out. You are on my playlist on repeat every day, especially in the gym. (laughs) Hey, let's go. How did you get started in the music scene? And then what made you decide to go the independent route versus possibly signing with a record label? Man, first of all, that's love that you support the music, man. Thank you. Man, it's been a journey for sure. It's been a journey. Like I said, I've always, music's always been a part of my life. And growing up, my parents, they were super strict with music, like at least playing in the car, in the house. So it was always just Christian music. And I remember that first Lecrae album, Rebel. I found Rebel Ooh. and it was like a Christian music store, family Christian bookstore, something like that. I saw this dude posted up and I was like, <laughs> what is that? Because cause I always liked rap music, but I was never allowed to listen to it at the house. So I'm like, man, I want to bump music like at the house. And then I found this album, Lecrae, and I got hooked, bro. That's when I really got hooked into rap because I was never born into, never was raised with rap. Because my parents, they're from Brazil. They had different styles of music. So I just found rap on my own. Like, I started listening on my own. So I started listening to Lecrae. I was like 12, 13. And so I always just loved it. And then I started rapping for fun in high school. Because me and a couple of buddies, one of my buddies, he would just make beats, like, in the back, like, music room and band class. And we would just be learning how to freestyle and write stuff. It was terrible. I will say that it was terrible, (laughs) but it was just something that we would do for fun. And then I think like the first hints of, okay, something's here was I did a school talent show. A couple upperclassmen buddies of mine, when I got to high school, they did some talent shows and they were like, yo, you should come and do a talent show, do be a part of the talent show with us. So I did it my freshman year and we ended up winning like the whole school talent show. That's what's up. And that was like, yes, I was like, that was like my first time like holding on a mic in front of, it was like the whole school, like a thousand people. And I was like, okay, that was super fun. Like I was not nervous. People were like, man, you probably nervous. I'm like, nah, that y'all actually got me turned. Yeah. So that was, but it was all just like for fun, all for fun, all for fun. So then one of my buddies learned how to make beats. And this was like, like, no one does this. So I'll go to my friend's house. And at first, I was just learning how to make beats. Because being playing drums, playing piano, I just love making beats. So in my mind, I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to be a producer. That was going to be my thing. So then I would make beats for fun still. They were terrible. So I was like 16. So I was making beats for my friends. And then I started just... I don't know, like just writing on my own at home, right? Because I would hear other people rap over my beats. I'm just like, nah, man, I would do it like this. I would do it like this. But just like out of just for fun. But I never thought I'd be a rapper. And then this is the funny part, bro. This is like my junior year in high school. Me and my friend make like a comedy song where my buddy, he was on the basketball team and it was like the week of districts or something for fun. We just made a song called break your ankles. So the chorus was break your ankles, break your toes, breaking so much bones. You don't even know like super, super dumb, super goofy. (laughs) And then he was like, bro, let's post it on SoundCloud. 
<laughs> so we posted this like funny song on SoundCloud. And bro, as a high schooler, it really didn't blow up. But low key, it blew up just like in our school, like in right. our county, because he went to another school in the county and no one in our area raps. So they were like, yo, these two kids, they made this rap song. That's what's up. And for me, I'm like, bro, we were just joking around. I didn't even do that for real. And then I just enjoyed it. I'm like, man, this is fun. I learned how to record. I learned how to make the beats and record and post it. So I was just doing that for fun. And then I just felt like the desire in it. And it was like, it, honestly, looking back, those were some of my greatest times with the Lord. Because I would just be like writing what's going on in my heart. And God would just meet with me like in my bedroom, just making these songs. So then I just started doing it for fun, posting stuff on SoundCloud. And then, and then nothing was going on. People were supportive, but it was just something like, yeah, Breno post songs on stuff on SoundCloud and stuff. And then going out to Bible school, I was still doing it a little bit, but in Bible school, that's when God really grabbed a hold of my heart, grabbed a hold of my character. And he was just like, man, I'm trying to mold you into something. I'm trying to mold you into a man of God for real. I'm going to need you to focus and hone in. Um, so I dropped the music for a little bit where I completely deleted my Instagram because I was always so focused on making posts and like growing my following. But God was like, surrender that. Let go. So I let go. I deleted my Twitter. I deleted my Snapchat. I deleted my Instagram. I had Facebook because my mom and all the old folk, they needed to be updated with photos and stuff. But yeah, and just for three years, bro, I'm like, God, I want whatever you have for me. Wow. And I really wasn't rapping as much, but it mostly just like reading the Bible every morning, every night, going to theology class, learning about the word. And just through that, God gave me a desire for the kingdom like never before. Because growing up, it was just this is what we do. We serve. But it was from there transitioned into, I was called for this. I was made for this. God's given me purpose. And I want to, I want to be available. I want to be used as a vessel for the kingdom of God, period. And God really sparked that in me at 19, 20 years old. And then I began to have preaching opportunities because we had like a preaching class. And actually, let me back up. I know we're talking about music, but back in high school, I had a couple opportunities to sh to speak here at my home church, which shows the heart of discipleship, which is awesome. Right. But it, it it always still felt like, yeah, this is something you just do. But man, that that felt that was awesome. I loved doing that. And just through God, just now, like going fast forwarding to Bible school, he's in in preaching class. My my professor was just he was very encouraging, and he was like, hey, like. There's a lot of people here that are in this class because they need to be here to graduate. But you're called for this. I see the hand of God all over you. You're anointed for this. And then from there, our Bible college did a traveling ministry for a little bit where we would travel to a different church every Sunday and we would serve where, because they're like for a church that needed somebody to preach that Sunday or they needed somebody to lead worship, we would just jump in because the Bible school that I went to was called Elam. It has a lot of connections of the local church in, in the Northeast. So we would drive to Syracuse for a Sunday morning, not preach, and my buddy would lead worship. 
we would drive to Pennsylvania for Sunday morning. I leave worship. My buddy would preach. So me and my buddy, my roommate, we would alternate every other Sunday. We're preaching at a different church, whether it was a church of 200 or a church of 15, a youth group of 20. Just every weekend we were preaching. <clears throat> so then I just realized I totally did a rabbit trail because we were talking about music. But this was happening from the 21. Mm. So I was putting a pause on music, right? This pause happened, but the passion never left me. So I had preaching and I had making music. And in my mind at the time, I'm like, well, I got to preach if I want to be a part of the kingdom. Because that's just what you do if you call to change the world for Jesus Christ. But at the, like, the last two months being in Bible school, God spoke to me clearly and he was like whatever you do for my glory is ministry whatever you do to enhance the kingdom is ministry because it's so easy for us to put a, a ministry inside of a box that's real so we're like the pastor he's doing stuff for the kingdom but me i'm just a businessman i ain't doing anything for the kingdom of god i ain't being used like the worship leader because they're the one on stage but me i'm a stay-at-home mom i'm helping in the children's ministry but i'm not being used by god because i'm not on the stage because our church culture has created this pedestal of this person is minister is doing stuff for the kingdom. This person is, and these people aren't because they don't have this following. They don't have this platform, but that's not what it is at all. That's right. So God just gave me this revelation at the end of Bible school, where it's like, whether I preach or post a song, it all flows together because what doesn't change is my passion for the Lord, my passion for theology, my passion to, sp to speak the truth. I'm going to speak truth in a message. I'm going to speak truth in a song. It's still the same gospel. So at the end, and looking back, it's God's perfect timing. Because if I would have been so focused on music the whole time through Bible college, I don't think I would have taken it as serious. So at the end of Bible school, moving back home, I was like, I'm going, I'm going to go crazy on music. I'm going to go crazy. And that's when everything first started happening, I feel where I started like honing in the gifts because it was 2020. My senior year of college was 2020. Wow. So shutdown happened, bro. I had to pack my bags and move back home. It was, yeah, about this time, three years ago. Yep. March. I was at, I was in my dorm room, bro. And I was like going through my phone. I'm like, dang, the NBA canceled. That's crazy. And then the next morning, bro, my, the president of my college was like, uh, New York is on a state of emergency lockdown. Y'all got to be out of here by tonight. Crazy. Wow. So I literally, because New York, it hit before, it hit New York before it hit everybody else, I feel like. So they closed down every college on the in the state. So I had to pack my whole dorm room and drive back to Michigan, just not knowing what God had. So anyways, I had all this time. So I'm just like, I had my studio stuff. I know how to make music. So I just kept making songs. And that's when I was like consistently making music every day, like writing a song every day, perfecting it every day. And that's when I began to uh, like hone in the gift, not just as a hobby, but I'm called for this. Just as I'm called to preach the gospel, I'm called to rap the gospel. And I see God all over this. So that's the long version of it's always been there, but it's been just like a slow journey of God just creating more desire but with that there's always been that consistency of i've always been writing i've always been making beats but i feel like now 
is the season that God is like, all right, you're ready to post the songs, send it to all the platforms, make music videos. So, yeah. It's crazy how many people I've talked to, and I'm talking strictly in ministry, whose ministries got birthed in 2020. Who, like, God was yep. just like, I'm going to force y'all to stop. Forcing yep. everybody to stop. I need you to hear me clearly on this. This is yep. where we're going. Like it was because that's when Redwood started. <laughs> wow. That bro, that's yep. when it that's when it happened. I was I finally because I was traveling 50,000, 80,000 miles a year domestically for work. I was always wow. on planes, bro. I was always moving. And it didn't hit me how burned out I was until I actually stopped doing it. I was like, I 2020 did something different for me. Then I know it was a hard time for a lot of people. I learned a lot of lessons in 2020. It was just like about where the trajectory of my life type lessons. I was like, you can't go anywhere. There's not going to be any noise. You're going to be still in here. That's clear. That's where all of this got started. It was in 2020, man. Yep. Yeah. We got to be still bro to hear his voice. Cause sometimes people be like, Man, God ain't speaking. God ain't speaking. No, he's speaking, but you're just not taking the time to listen. And those are totally two different things right there. And I agree, bro. Like, I think with everything stopping in 2020, it also, I think it was a, I see the Lord calling up the believers during that time. Is like, Who are my real followers? Come on. Who are my real soldiers? Who are my real ambassadors for the kingdom? Because you don't have your comfortable Sunday morning service anymore. If you want to grow spiritually, that's going to be on you. If you want to dive into the word, it's on you. Because all the churches were closed. Everything was closed. So um, that was a time where we as individuals had a crowd to the Lord on our, on our own time. And But with that, I really believe that God did a really good thing in 2020. And that was, fun fact, that was the year that I met my wife and we got engaged. So it wow. was, for me, it was a great year because... God sparked this music, and then he started our relationship. So it's been beautiful to see what God has done since then. But yeah, man, it's just so great. Like, just being, staying submitted to him has been the key in seeing, like, his direction with everything. So yeah, man, it's great. It's crazy because you talked about, like, God is speaking, and I'm thinking, like, are we listening? And I always talk to people about, like, the the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. So we constantly have to be very careful what we are exposing ourselves, aka the spirit to, whether it's through yeah. our eyes, our ears, all of it, because he is speaking. But sometimes we literally cannot hear him over the noise around us or because of the environments that we've created. Do we have yep. the environment set up to hear from the father? Do That's so have, good. Do we have that prayer closet? Do we have that space? What is going in here and in here that may be stopping me from literally hearing what God has to say or seeing what God is trying to do? Because I'll tell you, 2020 opened my eyes to a lot of mm -hmm. things in my life. Just like I said, I already talked about, about the trajectory that God was taking me. It was it's crazy, man. So I'm mm -hmm. with you. I'm with you. Man, that's good. That's really good. So you, like we talked about you, so you've gone the independent artist route. So how did you go about getting yes. established, getting your music out there, promoting it, getting more well-known? Like, obviously you have to do a lot of this stuff on your own. So for anybody out there who's listening, who is an yep. independent artist, like, how did that even come about? Yeah, bro. I think it just happened naturally because you got to have that grind, bro. You got to be hungry for it, especially something like being an independent artist. 
you have to be somebody that's self-motivated, driven, and you got to believe in what this thing, like what this is. Because you got to do everything by yourself, yeah. everything. And you have to stay disciplined to be consistent with it. Because, because since you're independent, because there's no contract, there's no official accountability with anybody else. So I could just hop on the couch, sit back, and not drop any music for the rest of the year. And it would be terrible, but there's no there's no official accountability in terms of business where I need to meet a deadline. There's a certain expectation on a contract that needs to happen. That's not there. So it all has to be self-motivation. But I think it's beautiful because you get to move and maneuver this whole music thing the way that you want in the way that's most authentic to yourself. So I can drop. How I drop music, bro, is just on what God is speaking to me. I consistently make music, but I'm more sensitive to when it's time to drop a song. That's real. I'm always like praying like, Lord, what's the season that we're in right now, like musically, and what song should we drop next? And I usually try to be sensitive to that. And being independent, that's the good thing is that if I wanted to just drop a song tomorrow, I could drop a song tomorrow. And with the song Tap In, I did something small. Yes, sir. I did something small. 500 likes on this video and we'll drop the song. Right? Because I did that in a way I wanted to involve people who support the music. Right? So when it does drop, they're like, man, I was a part of that journey. Because I like that video, the song is out. So I wanted to bring in people a part of the journey more. And I could do that because I was able to drop when I wanted to drop. And we dropped on a Wednesday night. And that's not the official day to use it. Usually drop. The day to usually drop is Thursday night, Friday. So to do different things like that is a blessing, right? To be independent in that way. But also for any independent artist, as as much as a lot of it has to do just with yourself, I encourage any independent artist listening to make a team of your own. Mm-hmm. Make your own team. Because even though I'm independent, I have a relationship with Kay Diamond, who's my brother. He's a huge He's been a huge impact in my music because now he makes majority of my beats and we make songs together in the studio and we do life together. We go to church together. Super dope. But anyways, I have a producer who sees the vision and we're carrying it together. Another buddy of mine, he's jumping into videography. Shout out to Colton. And I grabbed a hold of him. I'm like, hey, bro, let's make each other available to help each other out. So he does a lot of my videos now. And that's helping his business. He's helping my business. So he's part of my team, right? He's on my team. Then I got my brother, Eli. Shout out, Eli. He's like my manager. It's not written on paper. We're probably going to have to do that eventually. But he does a lot of my administration stuff where he loves Google Sheets. He loves Google Forms, right? That's just his gifting. That's his thing. And he came to me actually in December. He was like, bro, here's my gifts. What can I do to help? And he's been a tremendous help for me. He made like a booking form for me. If anyone wants to book me to come and speak or rap or whatever, he made that form for me. He's always in communication with other people who want to work with us. So all of that was just me saying, all right, Lord, you've given me a vision that's huge. Let me grab, let me wrap my arms around some brothers who see that as well and who will help me push it even further. Because in every area of life, man, we need people around us. We can't do it on our own. That's real. Right. And that goes along with the visions that God gives us. If we want it to grow, let the team grow. So that's been another plus too about being an independent artist. 
because I'm able to move how I want to move in my business, but also I can bring, I can tag along people who I trust on my team because everybody that's on my team, they're not doing life with Bruno music. They're doing life with Bruno. That's real. You know what I mean? All those guys, I just think we're in Bible study together. We memorizing verses together. We go to church together. So we do life together. And out of that overflow of our life, doing life together, building each other up spiritually is comes with the music, the videos, administration, the beats. So it all comes together. So I've seen the beauty in that of being independent where I was like, man, I'm able to make this team of my people who I trust. So obviously there's pros and cons to it because someone who maybe signs, they're going to have a lot of help on the back end just with list, marketing finances, those things, that that's a huge help when, if you're not independent, but I trust God, bro. I trust God that he's going to provide and he's, he already is. He's continuing to provide everything that we need to make this vision come to life. So, yeah, man. So I'm just going to spill a quick secret. I don't know when this is going to drop, but like when this episode is actually going to drop, but I have K diamond coming on the show soon too. Hey, uh, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. We, I stretched that Ohio connection. I was like, Hey, <laughs> yep. let's yep. link up. Let's link up. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. That's so dope. Yeah. That's my brother, bro. He should tell the whole story on when he comes on the interview, but, but it's just crazy. We knew each other before he moved to the area. We right. just knew each other like we do, just like on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. And then and then him and his family moved to this area in a different way. And then he just so happened that we live 40 minutes away from each other. So it's just been a crazy God thing for sure. It's crazy how God works, man. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. It's wild, bro. So I know that I only got you for a little bit longer, but I figured, so I want to give you as much time as possible to talk about this. Cause one of the reasons that I enjoy your music and enjoy following you is how frequently, how often you talk about walking in the spirit and then having a sensitivity mm -hmm. to the spirit. And on that Wednesday night, when you dropped tap in, you talk a lot about, I believe it was Galatians five, 16 through 17. Yep. Like you really talked about walking according to the spirit versus according to your flesh. So I just want to make sure I give you, I wanted you to dive into that to just talk about like how, yeah, yeah. how important that has been, not just in the music, but I'm talking about your Christian walk with God. So, cause when you did that on your life, it was powerful. So I just wanted you to share anything you wanted to share as far yeah. as what the scriptures mean to you. Yeah. So the scriptures you're referring to is Galatians five and I'll read a couple, five verses, 16 and 17. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, but the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So this section of scripture has been pivotal in my walk because it don't matter how many times you go to church. It don't matter how, how theological you can get in a conversation. Doesn't matter how gifted you are in music or preaching. We all have a spirit and we all have a flesh and we all are going through a spiritual battle each and every day, each and every day. As soon as we wake up, there is a battle going on between the spirit and our old nature, our flesh. Right. And it's so important for us to understand this as believers, because I feel like a lot of people don't understand it. Like people don't realize the weight it means to carry um, dealing with this battle of the spirit in the flesh. And like a little, little bit of my testimony, man, I was addicted to pornography for many years. 
And you know what it would come down to is what am I feeding more, my flesh or my spirit? Which one mm. am I feeding? And I think the greatest way to depict that illustration of like flesh versus spirit feeding one or the other, it's kind of if in your heart you have these two pit bulls, right? These two dogs and you got to feed. And if you feed one of those dogs more than the other dog, at the end of the day, if you put them against each other to fight, which dog is going to win the fight? The one that you've been feeding because it has nutrients, it has strength, it has energy, it's ready for that fight. So we don't realize how involved we are in the fight of our spirit and our flesh. Because you, you touched on it a little bit earlier because in everything I do, with everything I look at, with everything I put in my mind and put in my heart, I'm either feeding my spirit or I'm feeding my flesh. The kingdom of God is it's night, it's night and day. It's black or white. There's no gray, no ifs, ands, or buts when Jesus preached. And right here, it says, you're, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Come on. For those, these are opposed to each other. So every decision you and I make in our lives, we're either opposing the flesh or opposing the spirit. And there's a lot of little things that people do that don't realize how much is killing them. So in my own life, what I've seen growing in early years, I don't anymore. But when I would listen uh, to a Drake song, I would listen to a Lil Wayne song. I didn't realize it, bro, but I was feeding my flesh. I was rapping about getting girls, rapping about partying, rapping about me and the man. Bro, I was feeding my flesh. I would watch movies with sex scenes. I would watch TV shows with pornographic images, to be honest. I was feeding my flesh. I was feeding my flesh. I would talk in a certain way with my friends at school. I would be looking at, I would looking, I would have lustful thoughts. I'd be looking with lustful eyes all day. Little decision there, a little glance over here, a little glance over here, feeding my flesh, feeding my flesh. Then at the end of the day, I'm tempted. What happened? What happened? I fell to sin. And many times, this was me for many years, bro. I would just focus on the moment of falling to sin. Man, I fell. I fell in that moment. What happened? I didn't. My first failure wasn't that night when I watched porn. My first failure was in the morning listening to Lil Wayne on the way to school. That's real. My second failure was checking out the girl in front of me with yoga pants in first hour. You know what I mean? It's little decisions. One after the one after another. Feeding the flesh. Feeding the flesh. Feeding the flesh. I'm giving the flesh more strength with every decision I make. But then vice versa. Here's the good news. Every time I read my Bible, feed in the spirit. It doesn't matter if I get the emotional goosebumps. It don't matter if I cry. Sometimes I read the Bible and I don't get what I just read. We've been reading the Old Testament. It's what's going on right now. I don't realize, but I'm feeding the spirit. I'm inserting the word of God into my heart, into my mind. I'm being transformed by the word of God. I'm renewing my mind. Listening to worship music, feeding my spirit. I'm praying short little prayers. I'm not on my knees. I'm not weeping. I'm not screaming. I'm just having small, intimate conversations with the Lord in prayer, feeding my right. spirit, feeding my spirit. So then later when I'm all alone at the house and I'm tempted, there is a strength in me. That's not my own strength, but it's the Lord's strength in me. But it's also the spirit in me, the spirit man that has been strengthened by my little decisions every day. And I have the fruit of the spirit in me because I've been feeding him 
And now I'm walking out self-control. Boom. Now I'm walking out joy. Boom. I'm walking out peace. Boom. Because I've been feeding my spirit, man. And I've been guarding my old nature. I've been guarding him. I've been setting boundaries. I've been setting parameters. Because the Bruno, I can surprise you on the crazy things I could do. The Mm -hmm. old Bruno, the old flesh in me. There are many things that I could do that aren't good. So I got to guard him. I got to guard this man. And I have to feed the spirit man that is new in me because we have this Holy Spirit in us. So this scripture right here has been pivotal for me. And the little title that my Bible says is keep in step with the spirit. So that's always why I try to live on, man, how am I keeping in step with the Holy Spirit? Because every day, man, there are so many distractions that come that get us off step of the spirit. And the way my pastor says it, he just said it this past week at the men's conference. It was really good. He was talking about moral failures, right? How we'll go online and we'll see that a pastor has a moral failure, right? An artist has a moral failure, right? And the way my pastor would say it is it wasn't just a moral fall. It was a moral slide. It wasn't just, it just so happened that I slept with this girl and cheated on my wife. No, it's just so, by just so happens, you get hit by a bus. It just so happens that I got shot. It's not, it just so happens that I cheated on my wife. It just so happens that I was drinking and driving. It was little decisions, small compromises after compromise, breaking my integrity here, breaking my character here, that would that leads to death, as it says in James. But yeah, I don't know if you want to piggyback off any of that, of just what's the importance of feeding our spirit and walking in it. My, the head pastor at our church is one of my accountability partners. And I was just talking to him this past Sunday. And I was just like, hey, this is just some things that I'm struggling with. I need you to help hold me accountable here. I was talking to him about this. And I said, so when you see me looking like this, that means I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you see me, I'm like, you need to walk over here and check on me. I'm literally snitching on myself, like telling him, like, these are my weaknesses. And yep. I need you to know Thanks. that because my weaknesses may not look like weaknesses. So I need you to know when you see this is what yes. you're actually looking at. And, so when good. He, and he laid hands and he prayed on me and he prayed over me and he said, and he said, I'm going to butcher how he, cause he put it. So it was so articulate the way he said it, but he was basically saying, Lord, I pray that the meditation of his mind is pleasing to you. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about it. The struggle started. It was like, what were you thinking about? Did you think about yep. what you were thinking about? What were you meditating on? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then that took me all the way back to what have I been reading and what have I been watching? Mm-hmm. And was it enough? Is it enough to battle my flesh? Because it may have been enough when I first got saved, but is this enough now? Wow. Like, oh, wow. Man. That's good, so, bro. So when all of it started, and then I felt light after he got done praying. I was just like, oh, this is crazy. And then my mind was just focused on something completely different. It was, wow, this freedom that I have right now, this weight that's been taken away right now, how do I keep this? What am I about to feed? I need to feed my spirit. So how am I going to go about feeding my spirit? Because he asked me to, I'm, by the time this airs, this will be over, but I'm preaching this upcoming Sunday at my church. Okay. So what I said, I was going to, cause he asked awesome. me to preach in the great commission. I'm going to preach in the great commission. So that's what I'm going to be preparing to preach and teach this week. But I'm going to make sure I'm feeding my spirit with other things 
So I'm still yep. full on top of this. Yeah. Because I've said this 10,000 times. Studying to teach is one thing. Studying to get filled up is something completely different. That mm-hmm. is totally mm-hmm. different. If I'm studying to teach, I'm studying and I'm looking at these things very differently. If I'm studying just to fill up, it is very different for me as an individual. Yeah. So my goal is I can't let that cup empty. I'm going to continue mm-hmm. to feed my spirit because as soon as he said that the meditation of his mind is pleasing to you, it was like, this all started in my head. This started mm-hmm. in my heart. This was a head and a heart condition thing. This anger, this bitterness that I have, that where did that come from? Mm-hmm. What, did I th- what did I think about? Well, that led to other things. Well, what was feeding into my anger? What was feeding into my bitterness? I was like, holy smokes, there wasn't enough. There was not wow. enough of my spirit being fed in this situation. That's how we got mm-hmm. here. And with you, what, what you put in is going to come out. And in the sense of yep. our spirit, this is daily bread. So if we don't put it in, our flesh is going to come out. <laughs> oh. Yep. Facts, bro. Tra- my youth leader would always say trash in, trash out. That's right. What you bring in is eventually going to come out. And I think another tool, like we, we listed some, but another tool, like you talked about it, of that we're feeding our spirit, bro, is keeping ourselves in accountability. Accountability is life-changing, bro. Yeah. And that's a plus of the local church is that there's so much accountability available for us. Like you said, like having your pastor keep you accountable, it's key, bro. And one of my one of my mentors, he's like a spiritual father to our church, Dave Campbell, he said account- accountability is right next to, right there next to salvation because it saves you each and every day when you keep yourself accountable. So like the guys that help me with the music, right? The reason why I say they don't live with Bruno Music, they live with Bruno because they're keeping right. Breno accountable. Right. So Breno music can be who God's called him to be. You know what I mean? And for example, we set up a thing like if I'm ever going to travel for my music, I'm ever going to go to New York to perform. I got to travel with somebody. Right. That's one rule I made myself is that I'm never traveling alone. Right. Because I don't trust his, I don't trust his flesh. I don't trust Come his on. man. Right. So I'm always going to travel with my wife or one of them. Period. That's non-negotiable. So we have that written in our contract for traveling, for bookings and stuff. So they keep me accountable in that. And that's that's what I always try to look for when I haven't said this publicly before. But one thing that I'm always paying attention to when I'm working with other artists is if they're plugged into a local community, if they have accountability in their lives. For me personally, somebody that's on their own, that's a red flag for me. We talked about it before, yeah. like with these evangelists and stuff there's somebody that they're just doing their own thing it's me and god and we gucci that's a red flag right off the jump because there's no one keeping them accountable there's no one watching their integrity watching their character and making sure that they take care of themselves before it leaves the death and we've all seen it and i never want to get to that place that i let my gifting i let what god gave me pull me away from him. So I, I try to be extra careful in my life by keep making sure my spirit man is up there is keeping myself accountable with men of God will be like, all right, cool. You dropped the song and stuff, but how's Breno though? You know what I mean? And we all need that, bro. Artists are not just followers of Jesus. We need to be surrounded. So, you even see it in scripture. Oh, this is my last thing. Are you good? Bro, you saw Paul keeping Peter in check. <laughs> and, uh, what was it man help me out was it oh i gotta I look Rome, romans or galatians but there was a part where 
Peter was, or Paul was calling up Peter, how he was carrying himself with the Gentiles, I believe. I don't want to say it wrong, but I know that Paul was keeping him in check about something. You even see it with the disciples. I think that's Galatians 2. If I'm wrong, go, yeah. if I'm wrong, somebody please correct that in the comments. Do not call me a false prophet. <laughs> I think that's Galatians 2. <laughs> please. Yep, good. That's good communication right there. Fingers crossed. That's just, please give us grace. But I think that's Galatians 2. <laughs> this probably could have been the whole podcast in itself. I have accountability partners at the gym. My head pastor doesn't go to my gym. Mm. But you know what I do have at the gym? A guy who can physically mm. beat me up. <laughs> Come on. Hey, yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's like, I don't care how good you are at kickboxing and Muay Thai. I can take you. But how, yeah. how are your spirit doing? Because I don't do anything stupid on this side. I think accountability and proximity matters. Because yes. it's easy to be like, okay, well, Breno's holding me accountable for Michigan. I'm going to the gym in an hour. I got a guy yeah. there too. You know what I mean? I tell people these things just so they know what questions to ask. I've let people into those uncomfortable parts of my life, like those shortcoming yeah. parts of my life. I need you to help me out here because this is where I'm weak at. And it's great to have that relationship. We're going to do this for each other. And if we go into, yeah. if we go into a realizing that, we need a savior. We're all broken. We can't do this on our own. We don't beat each other up and tear each other down for our shortcomings and where yeah. the things that we struggle with because we realize that's your struggle, but I have plenty over here too. It goes Facts. back to that whole log and spec. It goes right back to the log and the spec. I got too many problems to be pointing that finger at you. Yep, 100%. 100%, bro. It's needed, man. It's been life-changing. It's been so good, bro. I might I, I might cut everything we talked about for the podcast and just start this right off when we started going into Galatians. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do what you want, bro. Do what you this, want. This is all good, bro. Thank you. I got a, actually I got a better idea. How about I come out to Michigan? We do this again. We just do it in person, bro. and then we just break down some scripture face to face. How about we do that? Oh, bro, that's Let's a wrap. Do that. Let's do it. That'd be that. amazing. I'm actually gonna bring this in because I want to make sure you get a chance to promote some of your music then. Yeah, for, for somebody who has not heard one of your songs and hasn't heard anything and hasn't heard, first of all, y'all need to go play tap in. You haven't heard, it, I don't know where you've hey, been. Yes, sir. But yes, sir. In my unbiased opinion. Yeah. Someone who hears one of your songs for the first time, what's something you hope that they take away from it? For the unbeliever, is dang, this is Christian. <laughs> or or just they hear like that. I think what I want, yeah, I want the unbeliever to capture my music and be like, wow. This was fire, and I didn't even realize, man, he hasn't cussed yet. That's crazy. Just to have that gravitation of, wow, this is really good music and actually has substance. And for the believer, but also for everyone, I want people to be excited. To I want it to co cultivate joy, and I want them to be excited to show everybody, show their kids, show their grandma. Cause I want to make, cause what I love about my music is that it's family friendly. I grew up having to always have, always be on guard when I had the playlist of like, all right, we're playing ball today. Is anyone from my church here? That's yeah. how it would be. <laughs> like I love like with my music, bro, you can play anywhere, anywhere, no matter the age, no matter who's in the room, like they're going to be able to jam to it. Right. So right. that's a huge thing for me. For people to hear the music and be like, yo, this I'm going to save this on my playlist and I'm going to show everybody. But also some of the songs, I go pretty deep. I want people to leave thinking like, yes, Lord, talk about it, bro. Come on. And I want people to be challenged hearing my songs to be like, man, I want to be more like Jesus. 
man, just listening to this rap song right now, bro, I got to take care. I got to take care of the spirit, right? Like the song, bro, tap into the Holy Spirit, watch him change your life, right? People are going to sing that over and they don't realize it, but they're, it's like a prayer. Holy Spirit, I need to tap in. I need to tap in to the Holy Spirit. So that's, those are some of the biggest things for me, bro, for people to hear my music and be like, okay, this song right here, I'm feeding my spirit. Boom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't even think about that, bro. Listening to the right music is feeding your spirit. So that's definitely, this is, this wasn't in my notes thinking before yeah. this, but definitely I want my music to draw people closer to Jesus for them to hear this song and be like, man, this blessed me, this fed my spirit, and I want to go deeper. I want to walk with God even more. And coming up, I have some songs coming up that I'm being a lot more vulnerable. That's a thing God challenged me for this year in my music, just to be more vulnerable. And I'm excited to see the response of some of the vulnerability in my music for them to be like, wow, I go through this too. I'm not alone. That's crazy. So yeah, those are some of the big things for me. I wasn't going to share this story because we talked about it off air, but I'm going to, I'm going to share this story now. I was, I'm going to make this quick because I know you only got 10 minutes, but well, yeah, probably you- five now I was at the gym recently and I always run backwards in the treadmill and work on my footwork on the treadmill for kickboxing and Muay Thai, because we don't always have full on sparring sessions just because of classes at the gym. This was a Friday night. This 10 year old boy gets on the treadmill next to me. He starts running backwards on the treadmill and doing everything on the treadmill that I'm doing, right? He puts his headphones in the same way. He then taps me in the shoulder, and I've never talked to this kid before. Actually, and we actually we might have talked once before, just at a brief, like he might have asked me some workout questions. Matter matter of fact, he did. He asked me some like diet questions, like probably the two days before that. So he's doing everything I'm doing on the treadmill. He taps on the shoulder and he goes, hey, what music are you listening to in your headphones? And I think I was listening to Mindset. So he was like, tell me some of the stuff you're listening to. So I'm looking, I'm like, first of all, how are you at this age with a smartphone? I couldn't afford this <laughs> at 10. Like, I was still playing with Thundercats and Optimus Prime. Like, how can you hey, afford this yeah, at 10 yeah. years old? I don't understand what's going on over here. Yep. Your parents doing better than me. But I'm like, yeah, so this is what I'm listening to. So he puts the song on. And he's just vibing to it. He's just bobbing his head to it. And he was like, yo, this is really good. Give me some more stuff. So I just want to tell you, I appreciate what y'all do. Because when we talk mm-hmm. about disciples making disciples, the image we give off matters. The things that we do mm-hmm. matters. Because I, when I first got to church, I came to church and I was coming out the world. I'm listening to Tupac, DMX, and Jadakiss. So Hillsongs wasn't cutting it for me when I first got saved. Like, I was listening to a completely different brand of music. So you fast forward 12 years later. So I'm on a treadmill to gym and a 10 year old boy is literally mimicking everything that I'm doing. And I was able to say, listen to this. That was to me, that just, that encouraged me to keep going in my world. That was like, and I was just like, man, could you imagine if I wouldn't have plugged in with you and I wouldn't have plugged in with Don and I wouldn't have plugged in with young Chris and I wouldn't have just. Could you imagine what else I could have been listening to? To have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's this DMX song. I'm sure his mother would have loved that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was dope to be able to give him something life-giving. It mm. sounded good. He was actually able to play no matter yeah, where he was going to go. So I appreciate what you do on a different level. So I wanted to share that story for you and the audience. So. Man, praise God, bro. That's amazing. That's so encouraging to me. And that's what it is, bro. Like, God has definitely shown me 
that it's not, oh, the church, the youth group, the preaching, that's ministry, and music is just this one thing on the side. No, bro, it's all ministry. It's right. all kingdom. It's all right. gospel. It's all Holy Spirit come and intervene. As I prepare a sermon, I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, come and speak to me. I'm going to give that same prayer in the studio. I'm going to give that same prayer right before I hop on the stage. Holy Spirit, come and move. Holy Spirit, come and move when I record in this mic. Holy Spirit, come and move when I step on this stage and perform these songs for these kids. Like, Lord, not only when I go to youth group and say, God, we're going to make disciples tonight. I hop in the studio and say, Lord, disciples are going to happen coming out of this song right here. I go to a show and say, Lord, young people are going to be set on fire to change their life and follow you, Jesus, through this music. Do it, Lord. It's all the same thing, bro, because the music is just a means to an end. Come Us on. coming to church on Sunday morning, it's a means to an end. Youth group means to an end. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross for you and me. He bared all our sin, all our guilt, all our shame. Rose three days later. He set us free from death. He set us free from hell. And he set us free from the grave. Now we have eternal life and we believe in him. And it doesn't matter how we share that to people. We meet people where they're at and say, hey, I'm right here next to you. Let me tell you a story. Whether I'm on a beat, I'm going to tell you a story. Whether I'm on stage at church, I'm going to tell you a story. Whether we're at Life Group, I don't care. The coffee shop, we're going to tell you a story about a man that changed our life, and his name is Jesus. And we can't get up. We can't get cut. We can't get locked in to what does that look like. Let me make sure I do it the right way, the right way that this culture would accept it so the church won't laugh at me, the people won't laugh at me, the world won't laugh at me. None of that matters, bro. The gospel is too important of a message to make excuses. It's too important to be to set to step back because we don't feel worthy because, oh, I'm not a preacher. So I'm not worthy of being used by God. I don't sing. I'm not on the worship team. So I'm not worthy to be used by God. If you have breath in your lungs and if Jesus Christ set you free, you have a story to share. And I've received that in my life where I'm not a teacher at the school. I'm not a cop. I'm not a businessman. My grades prove to me that I'm not going to be a doctor, but I'm a musician and I love speaking and I'm going to use what God has given me to share the message of Jesus. And that's all it is. Praise the Lord, man. Bro, I feel yeah, like praise God. Lit my spirit on fire. I'm a <laughs> we got to run this back. That's it. We just need to run this back. Hey, hey let's go. We got to run this Thank back. Thank you, Lord, man. That's what I love about the Lord, man. He speaks to us, bro. That's right. Unfortunately, this brings me to the final segment of the show, which is our let them know segment. So yep. it's a part of the show where you can share anything you like, whether it be about an upcoming release, whether it be a spoken word, whether it's just anything God put on your heart. My brother, please let them know. For sure. I got to let y'all know to tap in to the new music that's soon that's coming out very soon. So obviously we've been talking about it all day, but tap in. By myself, Breno, and K Diamond Beats is now out on all platforms. And you can find my music on all platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube Music, Amazon, wherever you listen to music, I'm there. We just dropped Tap In last week. And it might be out by this time, but me and my bro, Crew Alexander, which is another great artist friend of mine, we're dropping, or by the time you hear this, we dropped a song called Finally Free. That is an absolute vibe, an absolute banger. And I was just on the phone with him right before this podcast. And we were just like, man, this song really is going to go. It's really going to go. So finally free 
by Crew Alexander and Breno is coming out very soon. And if you haven't yet, tap in on social media, Breno.music, B-R-E-N-O dot music, and you will find everything about the ministry, about the music, about everything you need to know about my life and what's going on. You can follow me there. It's just the beginning, man. We have a lot of great things in store this year and the years to come, and I'm just super excited. So, yes, sir. I'm excited. Can I make a, I'm going to make a very selfish request right now. Yo, if yo. You, I'm going to make a request for the tap in remix. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to make Oh, yes, sir. Well, let me, I don't know, maybe get the young greatness, young greatness tap in remix. So I'm just throwing up some ideas Ooh. for you. I don't, man, want no let know. I don't want any royalties for that. Just send me the song first when it's done. That's all I want to know. Just send that to my Instagram when it's finished. Man, I That's got it. you. Have my word, bro. As soon as we get off this podcast, I'm gonna text Young Greatness. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Tell you them. You told me to let them know. You letting us know right now. I'm, bro. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the music, but I'm just <laughs> selfishly requesting to tap in a remix. I just I got ideas hey, over here. Let me let me talk to my people. Even though I'm independent, I'm gonna talk to my people. <laughs> my people gonna talk to your people. We gonna let's 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 let this thought marinate real quick because I like it. I would love I'm, that. Just you know, just throwing up ideas. Yup. Hey, <laughs> let's go. But I got one more thing. If you don't mind, if you could pray us out before we get out of here, brother, I really appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely, man. Let's do it. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we love you. Thank you so much, Lord, for today. This opportunity to come together on this podcast and to grow in our faith in you and our walk with you, Lord. We thank you, God, for the ministry that you're doing with Rooted in Christ podcast. And I just pray a blessing over them, God. I pray for Eric as he carries this, this ministry you put on his heart, Lord. Let it bless the world, Lord, and let this podcast right here bless somebody and let this encourage someone to repent and turn their life to you, Jesus, but to also for those who are already walking with you, Jesus, listening to this podcast. Let them be encouraged, Lord, to draw closer to you, to grow in their relationship with you and seek you, Father. We thank you, God. Let this podcast be a blessing. Send it to the masses, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just want to lift up my brother Breno to you now, Father. I just thank you for his yes, Lord. I pray and thank you in advance for what you're going to do, Lord. So we just speak forth in faith, the expanded territory right now, Father. Yes, I thank you just for everything you're doing in him and through him. I thank you he's more than a conqueror, that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, that he who was in him is greater than he who was in the world, Father. Continue just to give him just creativity, give him eyes to see, ears to hear. Lord, he has a passion and a desire to, to serve you. And I just pray you continue to surround him with the right people for now and for where you're taking him, Lord. I just thank you for the testimony that his life is going to be to so many. Continue to bless everything his hands touch, Lord. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My brother, thank Amen. you so much for doing the show I today. I appreciate it. Let me know about the tap in remix. I gladly hop on there and hum along. <laughs> hey, I'll let you know, bro. Let's go. All right, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless, brother. See you. God ya. bless.